and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 114. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Did that start with me saying this is my hep shirt? No, oh. I did. I started it just after that. Normally I do try to get your ridiculous quips in, but we failed this time. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, got, it's a navy blue shirt with pizzas all a over it. A bunch of little button. pizzas. Yeah, a Imagine a pizza slice the size of the polo logo, but plastered all over the shirt in yeah. a two-inch radius. No, it, Hep always wears these ridiculous shirts. I want to get on his level. So, is he going to be at uh, Cars and Craft tonight? He be oh, better be. Sorry, Jenna. I had your mic. What was that? I said, "Excuse me, sir. It was a gift." Yeah, thank you, sweetie. I love you. You mean a gift? A gift. Yes. It yes. Was a gift. Um, I think I might have driven my old IT guy to quitting because I made him say "gif" in <laughs> traffics <laughs> so much. But whatever, you know. It's fine. That's uh, hilarious. Um, anyway, um, I want a quick plug patreon before yes, we let's, start let's do that for so you. patreon is a online means for content consumers like you to support content creators like us directly if you go to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage c-a-r-b-i-t-r-a-g-e you can view our two current levels which are one dollar and fifty cent a month and five dollars a month uh if you don't want to do it no big deal we'll keep making the podcast but if you do it will give us uh, more opportunity to buy better beer and maybe eventually even use some money for the show for traveling and things so yeah. it will well i'm planning on traveling so yeah it'll help me travel uh, uh yeah, you will actually see more cool stuff from this podcast and from our website too well either way the uh the beer Yes. It'll, it'll help us not spend our vacation money on beer. So. And it'll help her get more dehydrated, so it'll be fun. I did switch to a beer this episode, so if I pass out, uh, take me to the hospital. All yes. right, cool. I've got a van for that specific purpose. Awesome. Um, all right, let's... Um... I'm going to start out with my topic. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, so I've kind of been... I, back to the 50s always gets me... Like a, it's like kind of weird for me. Because okay. I really want to get a car for driving around there, and there's like a handful of American cars I really, really, really want. Okay. Um, however, that being said, I also have like my public reputation for being like Mr. Import Guy. Uh, huh. And, and that, that kind of leads me to be like kind of to start digging for import cars I could bring to Back to the 50s. Which is 1964 and prior. Yeah, 1964 and prior. Yes. So I was wondering. Mm hmm. Because this actually leads to a really good question: Is what would be like a good import car? Like, what would you actually buy for driving at Back to the Fifties? A Citroen Two CV. Two CV. All right, Jana, you would probably do a Mercedes Two Hundred Fintel. I thought you were yes. doing yes. Two Twenty Fintel. I mean, I would take really anything, but I think the Mercedes Fintel is just. But not a Deus. I I would do a Deus. I mean, anything that's going to make me look like Spy Barbie, I'm down for. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, my choice, actually, I've been kind of floating around, because what I was actually really looking for is I want to get either a Subaru 360, a Honda. Actually, the Hondas are later. Either a Subaru 360 or a Toyota Crown or okay. a Corona. I actually really, 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 Surprised really. they made those marks that early on. I wanted, yeah, the first year of the RT40 Corona was 1964. They debuted it for the Tokyo Olympics. That's a pretty modern car to have it back to the well, 50s. See, that's why I noticed is like 64 is like a really kick-ass cutoff because mm -hmm. like you get a lot of cool cars in 64. Hmm. So you had the Datsun Roadster in 64. That was, they had that, the body style lasted until 68, was 64, 68. Um, but 
actually, I recently come across one when I was in a conversation with Ben uh, from JNC. Because I was talking to him about, like, remember on 4th of July, I was talking about Japanese cars that have been in production for more than a decade? Yep. Like, unchanged? like the R35. And- yeah, it's like the R35 is, like, the longest production Japanese car to be unchanged imported to America. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, they have a ton of those in Japan, though. So that's like that's actually a really good point. It's like the Toyota Crown, the Century, a lot of those cars like that. And he mentioned the Mitsubishi Debonair, and I've totally forgot that I like that car. Yeah, but you've actually brought it up on the podcast before. If you could bring up what the first generation Debonair was, can you type in 1964 Mitsubishi Debonair, and then bring it up on the screen? Because this is one I really want. It's got an inline six. It's a monocoque chassis. It's got a manual transmission option. Uh, and double wishbone front suspension. And it looks literally identical to a 61 Continental. Except way smaller. Yeah, it's a really, really, one. really small Continental. Um, I actually just did a quick search, and I found that BMW debuted their 1800 Noya Classa in 1964. Oh, there you so go. So I actually might change my answer to that, because that's a really modern car. Yeah, it's very cool. But here, why don't you do the screen grab so people can actually see what the Debonair looks like. Like, so. when I say it, it looks like a 61 Boom. Continental. No it suicide looks, doors, though. And yeah. it has a B-pillar. Yep, and it does have a B-pillar. No suicide doors. Inline 6. Um, actually... Fender mirrors. Fender mirrors. And shockingly close performance statistics, hmm. actually. Because it has the same power-to-weight ratio. <laughs> like, almost like almost exactly. So, the, uh, the 7-liter Ford engine mm-hmm. was... 50 horsepower per liter. Yeah, that was not a high-tech engine. No. And this one is 55 horsepower per liter. I gotcha. Um, and this one weighs, like, about half. Actually, a little bit less than half. It weighs about 2,500 pounds, whereas the Continental was, like, 4,800. So this one's actually probably a little bit faster. Hmm. And it came with a manual transmission option. Very good. As opposed to being forced to have a three-speed auto. Ugh, and a um, Ford three-speed auto. But they put this in production from 1964 until 1987. Like, no way. Yeah, seriously. They made that through 87? Yeah. Must have been a repressed country. Uh, no, it's because in Japan for their hyper-executive cars, they, uh, you know how we always get really shocked when we see a like Mercedes come out with a completely different body style? Yeah. So in Japan, it's like exponentially more than that. Hmm. So that's why they keep them forever. So like the first generation Toyota Century was in production until the nineties, like the late nineties. Actually, they I've I've kind of I, yeah. I could see that. So, it, but the uh, the Debonair, yeah, the Debonair, you could get it. Uh, the only thing is that as the Century got better, the Debonair got worse. Hmm. So like the late eighties, the ones only came with a four cylinder, and they're like way slower. Gross. They, no, you gotta have a six. cylinder. They got rid of the automatic op- or the manual <laughs> option. Was just like automatic only four cylinder. But it's like the early ones, an early Debonair would be a really, really cool car. Yeah. And they're that. actually really popular in Japan for hot rodding and stuff and for like custom car culture because they're. See, they would probably look super cool. Yeah, they look really rad when you see them like customed out. And then when you do that, but the thing is, what's really important about it is it falls within the two liter tax category. Oh, so, is it two liter inline six? Yeah, it's a two liter inline six. Whereas like. 
a seven liter engine yeah. is insane. Especially yep. a seven liter engine and a 50 year old car is totally insane to insure and run on the road in Japan. Yeah, and the fact that it probably requires tetraethyl fuel to keep the valve seats in place and all that kind you, of stuff. You, you can re redo the. Okay. Usually by the time you do that, you've redone the valve seats. So they've got rebuild kits and everything for the V8s. But um, yeah, so the. These are like super popular in Japan. People lowrider them. They custom them out. They chop the roofs on them. So like they the, do what people do to old '60s American cars. But yeah, like there. early '50s and '60s American cars. It's really <laughs> cool to see what they do in Japan. Yeah, I really want to build one like that style, Japanese custom style, for like back to the '50s and just I cruise would just around. Drive that stock. Yeah, I mean, stock the car looks awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I would definitely do that. A new class would be really cool. classy. Yeah. That's a really, really, really. And that cool one's car. very tasteful. That one's got the driving lights. It's lower just a little bit, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. it it's for like road rally. Talk about a modern car. Wow. That's for like. Uh, well, did they ever run that in the Carrera Panamericana? Ah, uh, probably. They did, they did a bunch of racing with the Because the like, Carrera Panamericana ended in like '65 or '66, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Also, but... they still run that race. Yeah, yeah, they do. I really want to go to it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, with unlimited money, I would go to all these things. Yeah, that I, I, that's on my bucket list of things I really want to go to. It would be the career of Panamericana. Plus, Mex Jana likes going to Mexico, so it'd be a great way to get me to go to Mexico. <laughs> I do oh, love it sounds Mexico. like a happy accident. Yeah, it's a, oh, I we, do love Mexico. Weird, honey. I've got a 53 Bel Air, and it's all prepped for career of Panamericana. And weird, Strange. it's happening in Mexico this year. Maybe we should go, maybe? <laughs> it ends in Tulum. <laughs> Where you want it actually ends in the Yucatan. Yeah, oh. it goes it goes from Texas down through Mexico and ends in southern Mexico. Yeah, it's like, like there's that. one. It's I'm, one road. I'm practicing my Spanish because our our preschool teacher that uh, spoke Spanish fluently left, so now I have to fill in for her. So so, so yeah the um, zapateria. So the um, the career Panamericana goes down the Pan American Highway through Mexico. Which goes from Texas, or not, sorry, from, um, I think, uh, Mexicali, which is in Baja, all the way down Mexico, and then crosses over and ends, like, around, like, Aruba. Okay. So, yeah, it's actually a really cool race. And it's four cars that, the only cars that are allowed in are cars that were made in era. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. I would take a 2CV. Do you they, would you would be able to finish a race with that, yes. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. bring a bunch of extra fuel and you'll be fine. That and uh, actually you're in a really interesting <laughs> class too, so that'd totally right. work out. You actually might be okay. I mean, yeah, in the lowest yeah. power class ever. Yeah, and be able to do it for a reasonable amount of money, yeah. Anyway, so there so we go. Back TCV to the is a strong second yes. for me, but yeah, I would go with a night class. That'd be a very, very cool car. I agree. I would kinda want one. I think Steve Peterson at uh, Blunt Tech just bought one of those. Anyway, um I want to talk about something that we kind of came up with on the 4th of July in my backyard, which was, I think we were talking about Subarus. Yes. And then we were talking about BMWs. And then we were talking about, inevitably, reliability. And I let slip something that I had kind of used as a metric when I don't know very much about a car, and I need to either recommend it or not recommend it to somebody, is I will go on a auto parts reseller website. For, for a car part. For, yeah, like car-part.com. And I will look at how much engines cost. Yes. On average, for this car, and my like rule of thumb is like if these if these engines are by and large more than a thousand dollars, the car is not reliable. Yes, and if they're less than a thousand dollars, they're very reliable. 
So I don't really have to look too much into what goes wrong with the cars. Well, I, I think I think more than that, you can just say this is what the maintenance cost is going to be. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things where if you look up an EJ two EJ two five D, an NA twin cam EJ Subaru engine from the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, they're insane. They're like twenty three hundred dollars a piece for yeah. like a regular run of the mill no frills Subaru. And then and the I pointed. And 257s, like, even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you get one of the turbo 25s, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But the, the single cams and the closed deck engines are, like, free because yeah. there are tons of them. Well, LSs, they, they're, like, BOGO yeah. for, like, a 6-liter LS. Uh, exactly, because they, they never break. They literally are BOGO and at like some junkyards. BMW inline 6s. Like, yeah. the non-turbo ones specifically, they're they're way under $1,000 for any of them. Yeah. Because they just they don't break. I mean, the rest of the car may have issues, but... <clears throat> there, there are some that are expensive just because they're highly sought after yeah or rare or stuff like that like an rb is yeah, or a really JZ reliable engine right right are kind of but expensive you can get a 2jz vvti for 700 bucks easy yes so those are still sub thousand not not a GZ, uh, ge though not no, turbo. gte wow really yeah they're i last time i looked i was shocked at how cheap they were oh, the vvti gte is someone you don't want so right that's fine so, yep you, you can put that, that was a very important distinction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the the non VVTIs are insane, but uh, yes, I, I think if you're gonna be getting a two JZ, you should probably just get a one GZ, uh, the V12, because those are yep. uh, really cheap, like really, really, really cheap. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at I was looking at them on a hunch for the Cressida, just be like, yeah, wh- wh- wonder how much that would be, and they're like whole swap. Like wiring harness, ECU, and transmission, albeit automatic transmission, but whatever. Right. But for everything to put one into your car and get it going, it's like three grand for all of it. That's like nothing. Well, I mean, it comes with an auto, and bolting a manual to it isn't that hard, but you do have to buy like adapter plates. But I mean, like, if you just want to get it going. Right. Like, yeah, that's... it's cheap. Last we looked up on the podcast, you could get like a JDM dropout with like 30,000 miles for like really $1,400. Yeah. Like delivered. But that's another example of like engines unbelievably reliable. Yep. And they don't make a lot of power stock, but they're 1J heads. Yeah. Well, the whole thing, the whole, the whole engine's 1J everything. Um, Except like they have a they have a different crankshaft and slightly different they have different rod rods. bearings, but the pistons, everything else, pistons up are all one J. Mm-hmm. And if you, um, yeah, it, it, it's actually one of those engines where it's like if you uncork them and like if you you can actually put on two one J turbo manifolds, and then can you? Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, the I heads could and Well, yeah, but one of them is reverse flow or flip the other way, so they actually use like the exhaust. Nope, they're they're actually the, the both the heads are same direction so they, they have an intake on the side on one side and they have it in the middle on oh, the no, other? oh yeah yeah you are right yep they, they are flipped around but the way the exhaust mounts up okay so yeah. it's not uh like a stagger mount it's just like it's like an ls manifold yeah, where you can exactly. flip it okay yep so but yeah oh, it's pretty neat yeah it's really cool so you can actually like just throw it on and that's how top secret made their thousand horsepower supra so with a v12 yeah, the top secret Supra was a thousand horsepower, like two thousand one. Yeah, it was a V twelve, very lightly modified, mm-hmm. with like two turbochargers on it, um, running race gas, with like a cam, and it made a thousand horsepower. Because that's the ticket to make NA? five. Yeah, no, 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 turbocharged. I was gonna say, but I'm like, that seems that, like it should make more than that. That's that's the ticket, but I mean, just mildly modified, because like that's the ticket to a 500 horsepower one J. Right. And you have now you just times that by two. Well, maybe after I throw my flathead V8 in an E36, I'll find something to do with a one GZ. 
I'm gonna put a check Rustadoc. I want to. No. Just I'm say not, a I'm grandpa. I'm not like super into. A grandpa sedan chassis, but no, no, no. It's an American one, the Cressida. Whatever. Yeah, I would do it in like an E28 or something. That'd be hilarious. Oh, actually, I have somebody I need to text right now. Um. <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna say, uh, the man in the high castle. I'm like super behind the, like, just behind the trend on this because I just started watching it. Watched mm-hmm. episode one and part of episode two last night. So what is that? It's about it's a Amazon series about America. If America had lost World War II. Oh, oh, yeah. So it's been broken up by Germany and Japan. <laughs> uh, and it's the 1960s at this point. And the car spotting is unreal. It is so good. So, like, in the Japanese sector, like, America's split down the Rocky Mountains. The Japanese sector, I spotted a bunch of really good stuff uh, in episode one. I texted it all to Jana. Um, <laughs> I did. We, we had a conversation about it. Um, where is it? All right, so I spotted two Subaru 360s, okay, three Deschevaux, two Messerschmitts, a Lancia Aurelia convertible, and a Headmuller Beetle. What is a Headmuller Beetle? Look, br- bring it up. H E B. Never mind. I don't care. It's actually really cool. It's a really dope convertible two door. Typing on this keyboard makes me okay. lose the will to live. It's a two door convertible Beetle. It's incredibly okay. rare from the early 1950s you had to you you would have to actually specifically have them coach built from head mealer oh like they did not they made them to order so it wasn't only. like a a dealer inventory no. vehicle no it's like you had to go to head mealer and make it i gotcha and they were very very cool cars um but yeah there's a lot of cool stuff and like uh 62 bel-air was in there like they had like it's really weird how they like they did a really really good job uh, I'm sure there's like a full-time employee or two. Well, I mean, as opposed to how um, Stranger Things does it, where every now and then they'll slip something in that's post 1984. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, uh, they did a really good job. So I'm Excellent. very, very happy. I to like when people that. have attention to detail. Yeah, if you ever want to watch it, man, the High Castle season <laughs> one at least is really good. I, it could just fall off a cliff by now, but, <laughs> but se- it hasn't. Se- season one so far, pretty good. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've... That would have been a good thing for me to watch last week when I was at home a bunch more. Oh, yeah, I know, whoops. right? Well, maybe you'll get to hydrate again. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thanks. Don't put that on me, man. <laughs> so, you know how Ford canceled, like, all of their cars, right? Yeah. In our country? Well, that's my shitty segue. But they have actually licensed Volkswagen's MEB electric vehicle modular chassis for new vehicles <laughs> in Europe and China for Ford. So pause, 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 pause. Captive importing is the first sign of the death throes of a car brand. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Ford Mazda back in the Ranger days and the Navajo. Yeah, Mazda was on their deathbed. Well, to be fair, Mazda was owned by Ford. Well, like, we'll get... Yeah, right. true. Yeah. There's a truck driving down the train track. Hmm. Oh, we should have pulled our um, fake horn hands. Know, right? uh. So the... Um, yeah, Chrysler in the 70s was doing Mitsubishis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Saturn, right before they died, was doing a bunch of Opals. Yep. And Vauxhalls and mm-hmm. such. Yep. Uh, Isuzu, before they pulled out of America, they just did a bunch of Hondas. Yep. Like the passport. That, yeah, like <laughs> the death throws. Like, like Can Suzuki. you imagine what a Honda Vehicross would have looked like? No, it would have been really cool. Uh, like <laughs> Suzuki, uh, they were doing Kias. 
weirdly enough. Like, that's the death throes of a company, is mm-hmm. them captive importing. So Scion love... was doing Mazdas, or other way around. Yeah, no, they did Mazda. Yeah, because yep. the Scion IM was a Mazda 2, yep. and that's yep. right before they died. Yep. Every time a company's about to die, they start doing captive imports. So, uh, uh-oh, the Fiat. No, that, that was made specially for Fiat, so they used a Fiat engine. Oh, okay. Good. And that, that was in partnership with Mazda. Mazda's also, really... that is a damn good car. That's totally different. But if it was like... If it was like Fiat, like, captive importing a Mazda 2 to re- replace the Fiat 500, mm-hmm. that's the death throes of a company. Because usually you do that if you don't have enough money to actually make your own car. And it, there's no profit margin in a captive import. That's just the sign of dying. Right. Yeah. So, that's uh, worrisome. It is. Uh, they're not putting it in very many markets, and I don't know. I don't think it's going to be very many vehicles. Wait, but it's in Ford in Europe, right? Uh, Europe and China. So, I mean, so it's going to be. Ford's trying to pull out of Europe because they. Oh, are so foolish. there you go. So, so they, yeah, go. they don't want to spend. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So and we're not getting it here because we sell F one fifties. Great. Stupid. But I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking last time we brought up MEB, um, which is the platform that's underneath. I think the Buzz. But not the ID. This is the bigger one. Um, we were wondering how Volkswagen was going to manage to make electric vehicles unreliable. So now the rest of the world's going to have really unreliable Ford EVs too. Perfect. So that's going to ruin Ford's reputation even more. Perfect. So yeah. there you go. Um, I don't know why they've done that, but there you go. Um, Ford is buying technology licenses from a company that doesn't know how to make anything run. So we've talked a lot about two JZs and have. about Toyota things in general. Uh, I want to bring up that the 90s Supras are continuing to go insane. Once sold at auction for $176,000. That must have been like completely bone stock, super low miles. No. No? It's in like all right condition. It was the right place at the right time. If you scroll down, like it's insane. It's got like sixty thousand like miles. It's got chrome on it. wheels on it. Well, that's factory. Ugh. It has a factory option, but like it's kind of got kind of a dirty engine bay. Yeah, it's got some dirt on it for sure. And if you scroll down, um, it is manual, which is huge, and it's the right color, it's a black. Sixty. Yeah, black but, and black. Yeah, nice. sixty-nine thousand eight hundred ninety-one miles. Huh. And I think it's actually lowered too. Wow. Yeah, it looks like and, it uh, is. And it does have an exhaust on it. What so lowered with an exhaust at seventy thousand miles, it's now a two hundred thousand dollar car. That this is getting out of control. Yeah, they're, they're good cars, but they are not that good. This guy's going to lose money on this. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to air cool soon. Yeah, I mean like well, nine, I nine, think... nine six fours. I mean they they peak. I mean they're not going to lose value long term, but like they're going to stay. They're, they're You're gonna you're going to see a little bit of a dip. That's like this thing's like Bitcoin right now. I mean you're going to see. A bit oh, yeah, of a drop off. Bitcoin's like awesome oh, right dude, now. Bit, yeah, oh, dude, it's great. Yeah, right. Right now, I'm I'm seeing eleven thousand dollars for per Bitcoin. I put forty dollars in right after they fell off a cliff. So it's like my forty dollars. I thought you were gonna say you had eleven grand in Bitcoin. I'm like, no. Geez. If I had eleven grand Bitcoin, I'd be living in a house right now, um, of I... my own. It, but no, it. I I, I turned forty dollars into like seventy five. Yeah, Bitcoin's at eleven thousand five fifty seven at time of. Yeah, as of right now. Time of yeah. recording. As as of Saturday at twelve thirty three or one thirty three. I have two thousand seven hundred dollars in Bitcoin. 
Wow, you have a lot more than me. I have a fair bit of crypto, but there are people at my work that have like more than a hundred thousand dollar crypto. What? Like, yeah, like people that mined like five years ago. Please share. And they held on to it. Wow, I would probably get out of it now. No, no, he's hanging on to it. But anyway, I mean, this is. It, well, we're no, not going to talk about crypto right now, but I mean, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. So but if yeah, you guys so, aren't into that. Yeah, no, these are. Um, <laughs> yeah, just it, it's got like a lot of miles. On it. It's like it's all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also the click on "Don't say we didn't warn you." Uh, Isn't? Did we already cover this article? I just want to say, oh damn it! It's Patrick's article. I thought it was gonna be mine. <laughs> Basically, everybody at JNC at some point has said something about the Supra. Yeah, if you want sixty Supras, are they're a safe place to store your money right now? But uh, that's you know, too much for that I, car. I would put my money into a uh, three thousand GT or a FDRX seven. Actually, I'd put my money into FDRX seven for a three thousand GT. I would put money into an E thirty nine M five. Right, really I'm nice just talking one. about just the Japanese ones. Ah, yeah. That that'd be what I do. Uh, a really clean 300 ZX twin turbo, Z32. Yeah, that'd be a good one. They are. They're not. They're very overblown very... yet. They're still a pretty good buy. Well, the the issue with those is they're just like unbelievable to maintain. Oh, I know. So difficult. Yeah. And that yep. I think that's gonna keep their price down. Um, that's, no, that's actually, the same thing as the 355. Blob STI. Not the not the Hawkeye. Yep. Yeah, the 0405. The very first one, because the Blob Eye, even though you like the Hawkeye more, the Blob Eye is the Blob one Blob is a classy looking car. The more people like the Blob Eye, and it's like, I prefer the second gen over the fourth gen Supra, but I'm Jared not... I a Blob Eye. I'm, I'm not going to ever pretend that second gen's ever be worth more than fourth gen, but yeah, the Blob Eye is a... Uh, the engines are very expensive for those cars. Yes, but if you, <laughs> if you can find a Blob Eye <laughs> STI... In World Rally Blue or in Pearl White, mm-hmm. with a clean title and low and miles. No rust. And no rust, unmodified. Buy it. Yeah. And then do not drive it. Literally buy that right now. And then park it. Do not touch it because it'll blow up. It's going to be like an Integra Type R. Yeah, except or, unreliable. Uh, they don't have issues until 80K. And by the time you're at 80K, you've already annihilated the value of the car. <laughs> so it's like. That's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Mm. Yeah, an Integra Type R is another one of those cars. Where I said that years ago, and everybody laughed at me. I was right. Well, I mean, even the EM1 SI, I'm just like, hmm, that's a, that's a good car. Yeah. So anyway. Well, it's a lot of people, like, back in high school, I was like, yeah, no. If I had an EM1 SI, I would not touch it. And one of my friends from Auto Tech, like, way back in the day, Cody Scott, yep. he had an EM1, and he'd put on error-correct mods, and they were all unboltable things. He kept everything... They took off like hermetically sealed. Yep. And he's like, "Yeah, now my car's like stock. If I were to throw it into auction right now, I'd pay for every single mod I've ever done, mm-hmm. all of my maintenance, yep. all of the gas I've put into the car, and my purchase price of the vehicle. Yep. Since I've owned it new, and this is my daily driver for years. Yep. Yeah, and it's probably got some miles on it. Yeah, it's got some. Uh, yeah, it's not second time belt. It's I think like 130 or so. But yeah, keeping the mods. I remember when I was first modifying like the MR2s, like I I kept all the stuff I took off. Yeah. And I'm like I don't know why I kept it, but I'm like, oh, this, this feels like I shouldn't throw this away. Yeah. I think with the exception of stock wheels, I sold that stuff off. Yeah. But you can usually find stock wheels. I don't know. It, it's if you're pro tip, if you're gonna mod a car that yeah. might appreciate, keep all of the stock parts. Yeah. I was scrapping catalytic converters couple days ago just because i had way too many in my garage mm-hmm. and i had uh, a fair pile of cats from bime 
from, yeah. from map, just like doing downpipes on cars or whatever. Jesus. And they, they pull the cats out. And I had two sets of BMW N54, like the 1M, yeah. um, downpipes. I cut one set up and brought them in, and I kept the other set just because it's the same downpipes as my car. I'm like, well, whatever. Maybe have just a spare set. Yeah. good. Turns out they're pretty small cats, and whatever they put in those things made them like three times as valuable as every other cat I brought in. That's awesome. So I'm contemplating cutting apart the other set of downpipes now and scrapping them because it's like $360 for two tiny cats. What? Yeah. That's nice. insane. I know. So if you have an N54 set of downpipes, just cut them up and bring them to a scrap dealer because apparently it's worth some really good beer money. Yeah, that's a lot of beer money. That's a ton of beer money. Um, yeah, this is my pro tip. There you go. There you go. That is a that is a top that is a carbitrage top tip. <laughs> so speaking of things you should do and then shouldn't do, BMW uh, in our last episode we talked about the what is it electroradioactive kidney grills or whatever yeah. that light up. Uh, they released a concept to the world Ooh. based on the X7, which is the most heinously ugly BMW ever produced, and this is a pickup truck version of that vehicle. Mm. What? In God's name. I thought this was an April Fool's joke, and then I saw it was July. So, like, this just dropped, and it's it's a concept, but, like, do not make that. That's Why really bad. You know what that looks like? That's a BMW Baja. It's a BMW, uh, what's the Honda? Ridgeline. No, no, it's yeah. a BMW Baja. It's got a worthless bed, a Ridgeline you can't actually use the bed in. Yeah, but it looks more like a, a Ridgeline. Yeah, but it it's got... Like but yeah, it's useless that, like that, a Baja. No, that looks more like a Baja. I disagree. That, that, that chassis to bed ratio... Oh, here. Here, go to that side it's profile. It's a quad cab, so it looks like a... a All right, now, now bring up a Baja. Bring up a Baja in a separate tab, and we'll, we'll flip back and forth, okay? Because it looks like a Subaru Baja. I'm also going to bring up a Ridgeline. So here, there, there's a perfect... The Amazon, the top one, right there. Click that. This one. I'm sorry for you podcast listeners. This is going to be really boring for you. We just have to prove that I'm right. Uh, no, we just have no. to prove that I'm right by bringing up the Ridgeline as well. Because... To be fair, bring up the, the first-gen Ridgeline. No. It's clo- no. no, the first-gen Ridgeline is closer to what you're looking for. I disagree. This one has a full-size detached bed. This one looks... It looks just like the Ridgeline. Like, my dad has that uh, exact color blue. Other than line. these bar things, it looks just like a 2019 Ridgeline. Yeah. With a shorter yeah, bed. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, you're this right. This has got a little more car angle swoop to it. Yeah, so no, it's the, the Ridgeline and the Baja had a baby. Uh, As I say, like, if, if you And take... then you stapled some gigantic corporate grills on the front of it. Yep. The crappy part is, like, if this Who didn't... is in charge of BMW's design right now? Actually, if if I do my bonus topic, we'll talk about that. <clears throat> and they just quit. <laughs> yeah. Did well, not really? the design, but the CEO just resigned. Yeah, yeah I would too. <laughs> Fuck, I don't want to be around that. Awesome. Uh, that actually makes me. Anyway, so there, there you go. There's a the ridge line. There's this terrible. Do you resign or do you get fired? Uh, he resigned. But we'll, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll do my bonus topic. We got time. So yeah, there you go. Do that. not make that. That's... Don't make this terrible, ghastly, horrible thing. Because That's you're trying really, to get really, into really the bad. Ridgeline market, but you're going to be like three times the price. Oh, so the bed stop. looks awful. Uh, they really uh, they phoned it in with the rear really bad. Yeah, it looks like it's got like cut down Rolls Royce eBay taillights for a Chrysler 300. It's it's bad. It's really bad. So don't do not do that, BMW. Don't do that. I beg of you. 
Well, on a different topic. Hopefully something more good. This one's not good, but it's really humorous. Okay. Well, that's uh, I, had a, I, I had a Forza race get ruined by a moth attack. You did what and who? So I was playing Forza Horizon 4. Okay. Thank you. Because I finally got over the whole Lego update, and they did a Top Gear update now. And it's then they updated it where it's like, now you can actually do rivals races and stuff at, like per class, as opposed to like predetermined things, which is really stupid. Um, yeah, like it's just think about that. Like you, you could not do time trial by class. That's what time trials are. I know, but so like you would go to a race and click rivals and say, "How fast can you take a 2017 Mercedes C65 AMG around the race?" Co- I know car doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> around the race course. Like, can p- play with your friends and see who's faster. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Give me D-Class. I want to take a dash of Vaux around the entire effing map. Corey was streaming Forza <laughs> last night, I think, or maybe it was some other racing game. He's like, what should I race? I'm like, get your slowest car on your longest track and do that. Yes. And he, like, he looked, and, like, the slowest car was a 2002 Turbo. Like, isn't that slow? And luckily, they had Nurburgring that's, in there. That's not. That's not. That, that's probably Project Cars, too, then. And he was racing a bunch of F-150s. Uh, uh, Ford F-150s. So, because it was the only other slow class thing in the game. See, this is why I play Forza. Mm-hmm. Because and so I'm so frustrated that they don't take themselves... Like, there needs to be somewhere between Need for Speed and Project Cars. I want to be able to take stupid cars... That's automation. It, well, no, I want to take... I want to take stupid cars and realistic physics around an open world. Okay. Like, that, that's what Forza is supposed to be. Uh, but anyway, that, we're not talking about that. What I'm talking about is my horrible, horrible race with a moth attack. Um, so I'm racing. I built this really, really great Tata or uh, Tamo Racimo, which is an Indian. What an incredible name! If you, you should bring it up while I'm talking about this, because uh, it's an Indian concept car that never went into production by Tata. Um, Tata Nano's parent company. You always, without fail, pick cars that have the stupidest spelled names ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, they're not phonetic. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I Granted, it's not English or, sorry, America vehicles. Could you have got a smaller photo? Fuck Jesus. off. It's fine. Well, here, I guess we should bring up the photo in here so All people right. can see what we're talking about. That's a Tom Orissimo. Um, Yeah, so it's this mid-engine rear-wheel drive car. It excels in rallying and everybody sleeps on it. Anyway, so I built it. <laughs> Um, and since I've been winning with it, I give it special livery. So it's red with gold accents. So like the entire roof, everything on that car, it's red in that photo is gold. Like it's awesome. It's got the Carbitrage logo, but it's an Indian flag colors. It's amazing. Um, anyway, this sounds terrible. So I'm, I'm doing really good in this race. Uh, You're doing really I'm, well. Yeah. I'm in third place for the championship online. The two dudes that are ahead of me. One guy's a level 7, the other guy's a level 9. I'm level 12. Levels go backwards. Closer to 1 that you get, the better you are. It's ah, really like really weird. Um, and it's like, once you're past like level like 14, it's super hard to level up, because you have to win them. You have to get first place in the majority of your races. Like, podium doesn't count anymore. <laughs> you and, must do better than podium. Yeah, like, you actually have to win. Um, and so, I'm, I'm sitting there in third place... The separation between me and first place is eight points. Uh, so I really have to just stay in podium for this last race. 
Um, the dude that's in for, that is in first place uh, crashed out early on, and now he's in the back of the pack. It's because he's a rube. The guy that's in second place is two spots behind me in fifth, and I got a couple like randos in front of me. Like I don't care. <laughs> you have no points in the game. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, like you're 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 you guys are in like seventh and eighth place. Like <laughs> I'm not worried about you at all. And so I'm like, we're probably about like seventy percent done with this giant race, and it's the gauntlet race, which is the longest off-road race in the game. Um. And I'm doing really well, and I'm coming across a really cornery bit. And a moth comes out of nowhere and flies at my face, hits me in the eye. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I look up. My car is now crashed into a wall. Now I have a time penalty where my car has, like, 20 horsepower for the next five seconds because I hit a wall. <laughs> and then... <laughs> The moth flies at the screen, then bounces back at me and starts attacking me. And I'm like, see, they're trying to win this race. And I'm like, see, you're like one hand, like swing the controller around, trying to hit, the, <laughs> trying to hit the moth while swinging the controller around. And I'm trying to stay in place. And I'm like spinning around in circles and stuff, crashing into trees. And I'm like, by the time I get this moth to go the fuck away, I'm like in like seventh place again. And now I'm like. All right, now it's just uphill from here. And so <laughs> I'm like hammering through and I'm just like passing dudes left and right. I'm like, I'm in the final 5% of the race and I finally worked my way back into second place. And there's four more corners and the fucking moth comes back, flies into my ear. And I'm like, I fuck him out of my ear. And then I swing at him and then my car hits the wall. And the last eighth of a mile of straightaway. And just falls on its face in some boob in a Hot Wheels car. The, the bone shaker comes by and just blows past me as I'm crossing the finish line. And I got third. I was so mad. But I think Forza saw what was happening. I saw I did really well in all my races until that very last one. And so I got plus nine points. Yeah, I'm if sure Forts is keeping track of how well you've done in your prior races. Actually, no, it does because it's a ranked lobby, and so I got plus nine points, and I have to, I have to get like another eighty to rank up again. But it's just like, ugh. it was so frustrating. That moth, I found it later at night, and I killed it. Good. Hopefully, with like a flame. No, I, I saw it. And I finally found. It. I was like whacking everything in my room to try and get him to come out, and I finally found him. He flies between a uh, bag of Hot Wheels. And a, and a bookshelf, and I crush him against it. I go up to him and go, look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> look at me, Irish. I'm captain now. <laughs> that was a good movie. Captain Phillips, is that what Yeah, that something was? like that. I watched that. At the last time I went to a cinema grill. Oh, before they closed down. I think there's still one left. Oh, weird. I don't know why, but, but like, yeah. I enjoyed those. Yeah. But I mean, they were like They're really, coming back. really crappy at the end. Yeah, I, yeah. I hope they are because I actually like the concept. But yeah, I don't think the same brand is. Or well, I'm sure they went bankrupt, so it probably has to be something else. Anyway, so that was my moth attack. It was terrible. Fair enough. I guess I'll just use that as a transition oh my into my uh, my final bonus story. And this was about BMW CEO stepping down after a too cautious strategy loses market share. This mainly is in relation to electric vehicle strategy. Oh, excuse me. 
So the BMW i division and their uh, electrified plug-in hybrids and things like that, they were kind of not first to market, but pretty close. Yeah. The Nissan Leaf beat the i3 to the market, but they were right on the forefront with a lot of really great ideas, lightweight composites, but they stagnated. They didn't update them. And because of that, they're losing massive EV market share right now. And apparently there was some pressure put on the CEO guy to leave. I'm just going to tell myself that he got ousted because he put too many giant kidney grills on cars. Yeah. Like well, this terrible concept. That's disgusting. It's really, really bad. Whoever thought this was a good idea just needs to go away. I really forever. hope they give that guy unnecessary chemotherapy. I hope they put him in a cell with Carlos going. Gotta be great. Like put him, Mary Barra, Carlos going all into a cell together. <laughs> oh, I got a good idea. That'd uh, be a good reality TV show. No, and you have him fight to the death, and whoever uh, kills the other two wins. What do they win? Freedom. Okay. Great. <laughs> they can't go back to their job, but at least they get to live. That'd okay. be wonderful. Wow, and that put, sounds really brutal. Then, then put that motor train on demand. Oh, my God. <laughs> always look for your consumer advice and forward-thinking news here at Garbage Rush. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know how to respond to that. So it's somewhere between consumer news and the real-life version of Running Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's very close. Yeah. That's a pretty way. To, I actually like it more that way. That's it blends way in much better with that banner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, well, let's move on to the what we learned segment. Well, you started it, so what'd you learn? Uh, well, it's only been a couple hours since last week. Okay, so, so would, would you like us to throw it on yeah. Jana again? Jana, yep. what'd you learn? You didn't say <laughs> much. She learned episode, so, so much more about stuff during um, the week. Mm. Oh, oh, wait. I I've got about it. my Sims again. <clears throat> Do it. I found out that my Sims is broken because my... Is virtual Ryan uh, being the bane of your virtual existence again by flirting <laughs> with virtual women? No, but people, ladies keep on asking to come over. And it's, it's interesting. Uh, update, we're married now. This is accurate. Um, <laughs> he aged up and he didn't have a birthday party, so he's sad. Uh, he got a job. pretty accurate, really. I mean... I mean, he, he got a job. He's a writer now. A service writer? No, just just a regular writer because oh, he can well, do that from accurate. home. Oh, that's not accurate. Well, he, he, he watches the, the babies or the toddlers while, while I'm off painting. This is accurate. And... <laughs> My dream um, sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't have to but, put on pants But one of the toddlers is about to get taken away because By it's whom? By, by child services. Cause that exists so, in the game. Yes, if if you don't, it's a oh, terrible yeah. game. Yeah, if you don't the complete it, the baby's needs enough, whatever, it, it'll get taken away. Do they just catch and, on fire and turn into like a brick, like the old Sims? Uh, I don't know, but um, but yeah. So one of the toddlers is broken and <laughs> will not eat and will not sleep because it's so mad because it's hungry and tired, and so I've been. Just spamming it with naps and hoping that helps. But I've never heard of anything like that before. I have just picked it spamming up. it with naps. Yeah. Oh, you mean your child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. my child. Spamming uh, your child with naps. I learned that some sizes and compositions of catalytic converters are worth substantially more than others. There you go. There you go. I learned that the 61 through 64 Royal Lincoln Continental actually had a monocoque chassis. Really? Yeah, I know, right? It didn't have like partial subframes. No, it's the so, same thing with the er, the early '60s Thunderbirds. Is that why they could do a four door convertible of it? Yeah, because it was a monocoque. I want one of those more now. 
Yeah, it's actually really cool. And same thing with the Thunderbirds. Mm. This is the Thunderbirds and Mockax. I don't care about those. But... Well, no, it's the, the Continental is based off the Thunderbird chassis. Huh. It's a stretch Thunderbird. Did not know but, that. But um, yeah, I did that when I was researching because I just assumed that was a body, as a ladder frame. Me too, yeah. Yeah, and then when I looked into it, yeah, it was monocoque, and hmm. I was going to say, like... I'm sure a 60s monocoque on a four-door suicide door convertible would have been very rigid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, compared to the bot, the to the ladder frame is still night and day difference. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been much more rigid. Yeah, and I... Uh, well, the thing was, I was looking that up because I'm doing a consider the following on the Mitsubishi Debonair because I totally forgot they exist and I felt bad. Uh, it's a cool car. Yeah. I'll so, see some done up ones of those. Yeah, there, there will be in my article on Japanese nostalgia car when it posts I mean, at some point. I mean, in, in real life, Ryan. Oh, and then you have to go to Japan and go to, go to like, the Moon Eyes Classic. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. I'd be into it. Cool. Maybe, yeah, when we both make more money someday, we can exactly. afford to travel a lot more. That'd be really nice. That'd be mint. But there you go. That's that's what, what I learned is that the the early 60s Continentals had body and frame chassis. Uh, monocoque. Did not have a frame. Yeah, Yeah. Monica. There you go. The more you know. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.